Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 85 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. I don't know, Jacob, your eyes aren't squinty enough. Try to do it again, but squint your eyes. Well, it's a little early to do too much of the squinting. Come on, now say your name again. I I see. I am actually generally um, really, uh, you know amused by you michelle so i don't have to do my fake smile share with the people what you shared with me this morning secret so uh, here's a secret to uh if you ever have to fake smile and listen to a bunch of ridiculousness people because i learned this you know having to have such a weird job at times is that you smile with your eyes it makes it look more genuine he learned this from george clooney friend of the show close personal (laughs) friend of mine let me tell you just you do it all with the eyes People will never know the difference. And how do you smile with your eyes? It's very, you just like squint them up. The more crow's feet, the better. That's what you want to do. And you also want to look off into the distance if possible. I want to squint, look off into the distance, smile, and I will look very genuine. Or look at the ground. I'm telling you, you're going to watch a George Clooney movie later today and you're going to be like, I I feel like that's why when I'm always looking at you, my eyes are super, super open. It's the opposite. Yeah, because your lack of amusement by my (laughs) shenanigans, all the things I'm up to. It's just a look of what has my life become? How did that happen? Well, you are the co-host of Buffalo's number one rated podcast, (laughs) so you have that going for you. That's what it is. You know, I think my attitude probably comes from when I was born in the... I don't know if I'm Gen X or Gen Y. I yeah. I know that I fit into a very. I think I fit into this really very small bracket that I read once, of like Generation X ended, and then before Millennials begin, there was like this four years that they gave this sort of different group of people, um, which I think I fit into. But I guess if I had to consider myself something, I would go X. I'm technically a millennial, if you can believe that. Like, I'm, I don't believe it. I believe it. Look at you. Wait, is it the no, hair? No, I'm just kidding. Is it the hair? Is it the <laughs> no, they just call everybody millennials. But do, I, I want to talk about the 25th anniversary, because I'm old, of the film that captured the struggles of Generation Xers navigating post-college life. Um, that was recently revisited as part of the Tribeca Film Festival's retrospective series that they do. And that is Reality Bites. Oh, I didn't realize that Tribeca jumped back into that one. That's oh, that's a good they movie. They do. They they talk about a bunch of old stuff. Um, so the cast was there, including Winona Ryder, Janine Garofalo, Ethan Hawke, and Ben Stiller, who also served as a director on the film. And they reunited in front of like tons and tons of fans to look back on the landmark comedy. I don't think anybody expected the four of them to you know actually be as big of stars. Well, three out of four to be as big of stars as they ended up being. You know, there's some big deals in there. Man. I mean. See, that's interesting, which we can talk about because Winona was like everything right. for a period of time. And then I think it's really interesting what happened to her. But so just Don't a forget quick, about Ethan Hawke. He was the thing, too. There were a bunch of Ethan Hawke. He wasn't at that point, though. He was kind of unknown. Well, at that time, yeah. But after that, and then he was became, all So it, it was a really interesting. I mean, Ben Stiller was really just starting out. So a quick recap of Reality Bites. Um, the film follows uh, Lilena, who is played by Winona Ryder, and she's an aspiring documentarian who shuns corporations and fights the good fight against the man. Of course. And her pals are played by Ethan Hawke, Janine Garofalo, and Steve Zahn. And Stiller is in the movie, and he's like the suit-wearing, we'll say, yuppie, and he's vying for Lilena's affections, becoming a romantic rival to Ethan Hawke's character, Troy. Boy, that is funny to think about, isn't it? 
when Ethan Hawke and Ben Stiller like are vying for the same girl. It's like, oh, I wonder who's gonna who's gonna well, get this one. Well, it was very interesting though because one was kind of like the slacker loser, and one had his stuff together. But despite well, largely resembling kind of like a rom com, the story itself tackles prominent issues for the decade. So they had people coming out as gay. They talked about the AIDS epidemic. Um, and the harsh realities of the job market among them. And we'll do a, a, a quick clip from the trailer. Hello, you've reached the winter of our discontent. I'm uh, making this documentary about my friends. but It's really about people who are trying to find their own identity without having any real role models or heroes or anything. It seems like your friends would be perfect for that. I lost my job. Why did you get a job at Burgerama? I was valedictorian of my university. Well, you don't have to put that down on your application. A couple of smokes, a cup of coffee, and a little bit of conversation. You and me and five bucks. You got it. Oh, man, five bucks. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> no, now it counts for nothing. No, you can't even get a, um, a number <laughs> one like, at McDonald's for I was going to say, it's not even like a venti no, Starbucks. They'd be laugh at you. They'd be like, get <laughs> out of here with five dollars. They put a factor on that. Oh, that movie, though, was so good for its time. I totally, I loved it. I think I was like 14 when it came out, and that I was like, sense. this is going to be me when I'm hanging out with my friends. So Not too far off. You walked in here, and I was like, what's Winona? Oh, it's Michelle. How you doing? Oh, boy. Um, so in 94, when it was written, the screenwriter was Helen Childress, and she told Entertainment Weekly that she had absolutely no interest in screenwriting, um, but she, wa- she wanted to be a poet, but recognized that poets don't make any money. Oh, that's true. So she wrote a script. Um, about people in their 20s in the early 1990s, which was exactly what the producer Michael Schamberg was looking for because a couple of those movies were coming out and were getting kind of popular. Um, and yeah, the, so the screener, she was 24 years old when the film was released in 94, which is oh. really impressive that, you know. Get a she film wrote made at 24, became, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. It became kind of, kind of a big deal. I also, I was watching the, the Q&A at the Tribeca Film Festival and it was such a magical burst of 90s nostalgia because they started it off with the Lisa Loeb performing that song, Stay. Oh, of course. From the soundtrack. Do you remember that song? I very much remember that song. That song was the best. I think I read that like Ethan Hawke kind of found her and pushed for Ben Stiller to put it on, but she wasn't anyone. She So she was like the first person to have like a number one hit who wasn't even a signed artist. Like she had no company. It was just her. I did not know that. That's pretty awesome. She also made those cat's eye glasses a whole thing. Uh, Yeah, she did. That was a pretty big deal. She was super cool. So I think the movie has kind of held up in its own sort of bubble. It's like a time capsule. There's a couple of these movies. It absolutely is. But I I did, during that, Ben Stiller did apologize that the one aspect that really hasn't aged well is that he feels that he really fetish, fetishized smoking. Oh, well, it. you know what? That's a 90s thing. I'm not going to hold him it's to, the, really, fu- he's like, to the fire on that one. He's like watching it. It's just like out of control, the amount of close-ups of cigarettes going in and out of mouths that I had, and I don't know why You know what? Why I, I did that. You, you don't Go ahead and don't worry about that one, Ben, because that, that's kind of how this was back in the time. Everybody yeah, was smoking. Yeah. Everybody was putting it on screen. It was a whole problem. Uh, Nowadays, really, people really like true. in 20 years are going to look at back at like people vaping in their movies, and they'll be like, ugh, what was I thinking with this now? <laughs> yeah. But I think because it was just kind of um, 
like this smaller film and and Ben Stiller was just kind of coming up. Oh, he was a nobody at this one. This yeah, was his he like had, first like, the, movie. The Ben Stiller show, um, but that was canceled like pretty oh. early, pretty early on. I think he did ended up doing like. 13 episodes of the Ben Stiller show because he was kind of making these mockumentaries and they picked him up. Um, right, because they was, ended up... That um, was over. Yeah, he was a cast member on SNL for a little while and then left because they didn't want to do like short movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So then he got the deal off of like his Broadway work where he was doing like a uh, Broadway show where they were doing like a mockumentary kind of thing, kind of yeah. like a Christopher Guest kind of deal. Okay. And then a producer saw it and was like, hey, we're going to put you on TV. So... They went ahead and gave him a show. It only lasted one season, even though it had people like Andy Dick and Bob Odenkirk on and there. And that's where you mentioned Groffalo, but it won an Emmy. Yeah, and Judd Apatow was a writer Why on was that nobody, show. I think we just missed some things. Like It was almost too soon. Like Now it would probably have done so well when everybody was really into sketch comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like that and the Dana Carvey show were both two shows that like when you look back on it with the talent that was involved, you're just like, yeah. how did this show not be a thing it was just too ahead of its time i think totally but i mean they were like all right well we think that you directed that show well enough that we'll kind of throw this movie at you and he was like i will take any movie but i think he did he did such a good a good job with this the casting was also i mean everything you watch the casting feels really epic after like it couldn't be anyone else yeah when you go back and look at stuff like this you're like oh of course especially uh winona she she said during the, the Q&A that she was always kind of surprised that the film is so credited with capturing, like, the voice of a generation. Um, she said that she kind of just read it as, like, oh, this is a great little story about friends and never anticipated it becoming, like, you know, the thing that it was for a, a certain group of people. So she said she felt really lucky and that it really wouldn't have worked without every single ingredient up there, which was, like... Ben Stiller as the director and everyone that they cast. Ben Stiller, very underrated director, I think. I think he's probably almost a better director than an actor. Just looking at the movies that he's made, they are all pretty oh, enjoyable. Oh, yeah, no, time. I would totally, totally agree with that. And then I just want to throw in one more little clip of Ethan Hawke talking because I didn't really know that um, he really was nothing before that film. Like, he was in a couple small things. Like, he was in Dead Poets Society, but then he felt like people were like, what? Was, was like, he in Dead Poets Society? He really? was. He has oh, a small wow. role in that. But that it was Winona that actually found him, and that I guess she's really known for that, of, like, kind of bringing people to the forefront and helping careers start. Let me just play the little clip with him. The one thing about Winona that is true of her whole career is she really loves other artists with a passion, whether it's a musician or a painter or whatever it is. She's always looking and feeling and, and nurturing. You know, I mean, she gave Angelina Jolie her break. She's given lots of people their break. And I'm one of them, too, which is that she was doing this big studio movie. And at the time, Winona was as hot as somebody. I mean, she was Beyonce, or she was, she was she, the noise. You know, I mean, it, she was working with Scorsese. She was working, everything she did was a huge hit and critically acclaimed. And she was taking a chance on this unknown, weird comedian I'd never heard of named Ben Stiller. And nobody wanted me for this part because lots of people wanted it. And I was kind of, at that moment, the first time of kind of feeling a little passe. It happens in an actor's life. You constantly are going like out of fashion, you know? And I was like the kid from Dead Poet Society who didn't really pan out. 
you know, right. and I was the kid from the Explorers who didn't really pan out. You know, it's like, like America had voted and you know, we don't care about you, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, it's the kind of thing studio executives say, America doesn't like him. Uh, and, um, and, but Winona liked me, you know, and so she fought to get me this, this job in this movie that was really interesting. You know, it was right, uh, it was all the whole Gen X thing. Slacker was just coming out. Doug Copeland's book, Nirvana. There was a whole, my whole generation was kind of finding itself. So we have Winona to thank. Thanks, Winona. I love the idea that he's like, oh, well, you know, you got Angelina Jolie, who's, you know, John Voight's daughter, her big break. Oh, you got Ben Stiller, his big break, you know, Anne Murray and Jerry Stiller's son. They got big breaks. You know, they had kind of yeah, thing going for Yeah, but she was a big but. deal at the time. They still weren't. That's true, I Angelina guess. Angelina Jolie was like, Nothing she was really. starring in Cyborg 2. That's an actual role. You know, like in. her big thing. She won the, I think, did she win the, she, the Academy Award for Girl Interrupted? So, yeah, she did. And that was like Winona's, I mean, pet project. But I don't know if you know this, and you are going to love this fact. Oh, okay. This was Emmanuel Lubetsky's first American film. Really? Yes. Oh, well, so, that, that explains how it looks so good. And if good, anyone then. doesn't know who that is, he recently pulled off the Oscar three-peat when he won his third consecutive Oscar for Best Cinematography for The Revenant. He won for Birdman and Gravity. Um, but yeah, so he said, you know, he had come from um, Me Mexico City and was like, I was very young and I was inexperienced in coming to America and I was really uncomfortable living here. I had no friends and I just wanted work. So when I got the offer, it's like I read the script and I have to be honest, I barely understood the humor in the script at all. I didn't find it funny. I thought this was like a very serious drama. And he shot it that way too. Like there's some intense lighting and. And it really worked though for the film so again I think like Winona said it's all these kind of components that came together and made a really lasting film. Uh, yeah I mean you get the best one of the best cinematographers of all time to shoot your movie and then you get <laughs> like, you had, like who knew you got like two Academy Award nominated actors on there and then you know even though you're going to bring it down a little bit because you throw Steve Zahn off. Oh, on you! Side. I knew you were going to have to say something about Steve Zahn. You know he's a Harvard graduate. Is he really? You need to back off. He probably should have gone, you know, to acting school because it's a big problem in his thing. Oh my goodness! But anyway, so yeah, Reality Bites. It's a really interesting film. I haven't revisited it, and I'm a little nervous too because you know sometimes they don't hold up for you in a certain way. Now that I'm older. Although I could see myself instead of being like, yeah. Winona, go for the cute slacker guy. I'd probably be like, you should go for the guy who has a job and has his stuff together. You well, should go for Ben Stiller over Ethan Hawke now that I'm older. That, that's age speaking right there. Because <laughs> totally. like you're like a 1995 Ethan Hawke. I'm like, come on. They, they cloned him and made a Skeet Ulrich on the side. That's how gorgeous It was that Ethan hair. Was. Every dude had that kind of long hair that they slicked back and kind of kept just playing with the whole time dirty, oh, I loved hasn't it. been washed in a week hair that was my first boyfriend's hair don't forget oh, everybody's first boyfriend <laughs> don't, don't forget about the little the little goatee that you know is just managed for hours oh i love it so much even hawk's still rocking that look actually he's still making it work all these years later watching everyone speak at the at the q a i was like people still look pretty good they all look. Janine Garofalo will get into a little more. Well, she she's, looks a little rougher, but I think she's, she's had, had a, a rougher time. But let's get into, you know, where are they now? Dun, dun, dun. And like how this little movie created such big people. So I want to start with Winona Ryder. All right. I'm not going to get into a ton of her films. Before Reality Bites, we have Winona Ryder doing Beetlejuice, Heathers, 
Edward Scissorhands and Mermaids. So just a few smaller indie flicks. Do you know what I mean? So Ethan was right when he said like she was the noise. Is that what she he was said? dating Johnny Depp at this time? I mean, she was huge. So Reality Bites happen. And then after that, we were like, she's unstoppable. She had Little Women, The Crucible, Girl Interrupted in 1999, um, which was like. It was a pretty big hit. I remember it was a big hit and it was something she had worked on. It was like really, really her her passion project. Um, And then where'd she go? She popped up in Black Swan for a couple of minutes. But that was even much, much, much later. I mean, we really, so yeah, we're she talking. Was, she was gone there for a She bit. was gone until 2016, until Stranger Things appeared. And then we were like, oh, my God. So I don't know if it has anything to do with her 2001 arrest for oh, when she got arrested for shoplifting. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, you think? I th- Yeah, I do remember that, actually. And it's all, it was one of those funny stories. Like, why are you shoplifting in Beverly Hills? For a couple of reasons. A, you shouldn't have to. And B, you know they have cameras there, it's right? It's really weird. She stole like $5,500 worth of designer clothing and jewelry. She definitely tried to say it was research for a role. Yeah, which whatever movie that was supposed to be. Yeah, so... So I don't know, but that was a many, many years of no Winona. Yeah, that took her. They took her right out of Hollywood for that one. Like she disappeared. She was gone. I mean, and it just kind of shows you you can go from like having everything, like everyone wanted to cast her, and then nothing. Yeah, it's like nah, we're moved on. We're good. We're looking at your your box office. It's not where it needs to be at this point. So That's... have have a good day, ma'am. But like she didn't really make any bombs. She didn't make any Before hits, Before she disappeared. She didn't really make any hits, though. That's the thing. She was kind of, like, middling, which is a big problem. As we'll get to, like, with Ben Stiller when we talk about his gross, it's like you can get away with maybe not having if you can be nice and consistent, but she I didn't guess really so. have that thing going for her. What I really liked is that her first credited film, when they were like, okay, how do you want your name in the credits? Because her name is Winona Laura Horowitz. Ooh. And her dad, like, his favorite musician is this rock singer called Mitch Ryder. And oh. so she literally just went, Ryder, just put Winona Ryder, and it's then a, that was that. It's a good name. It's a good stage name. It is a good name. Horowitz might – I also read something recently about her that – so in high school, during, like, her first week, she was bullied so terribly because she had, like, really short hair, mm-hmm. which was, like, not hip At back the time. then for girls to have it. So she was often mistaken for, like, a scrawny boy. And she was, like, really beat up and tormented, so much so that she ended up being homeschooled for a year Hmm. because it got so bad. But I did read a thing that this girl came up to her one time when she was, like, at the peak of Winona and was like, oh, my God, like, Winona Ryder, you're the best. Can I get an autograph? And it was one of the girls who tormented her. And she's like, do you know who I am? And then got her moment of, like. This is who I am, and then said some colorful things to her, yeah, which like, probably mm-hmm. felt amazing. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, I don't think I will. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. You can go something yourself. I will, be, I will be moving on. Also, interesting about her, because she's such a weirdo now, but she actually suffers from aquaphobia. What? Yeah, she has a fear of water, because she almost, she had like a traumatic near drowning experience when she was little. And it's been, like, a huge problem. I guess they had all sorts of issues in the terrible movie Alien Resurrection because she had to be, like, underwater a lot. And they had to, like, keep doing reshoots because she would have these breakdowns. Oh, well, I can understand. That's a pretty intense underwater scene if you're going to be hydrophobic. I mean, they locked, they literally locked people in, in a tank for a day, a couple of totally. days. Totally. I'm surprised that she was able to do that. God, that Especially movie for Alien Resurrection. <laughs> Oof. Terrible movie. Yeah, awful. Um, 
But I do know, too, that so I'm trying to think of like all her like big hits. The Heathers. Heathers was a huge one. Her agent originally like begged her to turn the role down and said that it was going to ruin her career. Oh, really? Well, it did not. I'm like, did you keep that agent? Because not good. Another one starring uh, 1989 Christian Slater, another it boy of the time. It boy that also kind of fell off until I feel like a TV show picked him up until Mr. Robot. So it's like that generation, they went away for a long time and then they kind of got to reinvent themselves. Yeah, you got to come back later on, do some TV, get somebody's good graces. and Maybe we'll let you back into a movie if you're you're good. And maybe she could have had another um, big moment is because she was actually in the role of of Mary Corleone in in The Godfather Part 3. Oh, man. Sure. And then she ended up dropping out because the traveling to Rome for filming and she was filming other stuff and she said that she was just too exhausted to do it and then, then he ended up casting his daughter. <laughs> and that's what we got. Papa, what is <laughs> going to happen to us it, with the mafia stuff? Well, oh, she no, turned I out got to be sh- a good director, so... Oh, no, I got shot. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Godfather 3. But, so, yeah, so Reality Bites, Winona Ryder, she ended up okay. We're not worried about her. No, you know who else we're not worried about? Ben Stiller. Don't worry about Ben Stiller. He's gonna be fine. Who knew he would turn into... Although, I, I will say, like, <laughs> I have been enjoying his directing more. I was never, like, a huge fan of his movies. I mean, look at these movies that he directed. Tropic Thunder, Reality Bites, The Cable Guy, both Zoolanders, and Secret Life of Walter Mitty. All of those movies are good in their own way. Zoolander 1 and 2 obviously are two of the dumbest movies that you're ever going to see in your entire life. But people seem to really love them. They are pretty funny at times. Tropic Thunder, we talked about that one. The Cable Guy, I think, is an underrated, dark Jim Carrey movie. Like, I've revisited it recently. There's a lot to like in that movie. I've read a lot of articles about it that they're not, like, it didn't really resonate with audiences, but that he did some really great work with it. Oh, it absolutely did not resonate. It was like the first, like, when Jim Carrey was the biggest movie star in the world, this was the first one. People are like, mm, I don't know if he's really that good. But yeah. going back and watching it now, it's a, it's a pretty good flick. I mean, Ben Stiller has written, started, and directed, and produced more than 50 films altogether. And he's still doing it. He had the Escape from Dan Amora on uh, Showtime oh, recently. So, so good. But I mean, he also is the one that has proven the theory that if you put a mustache on Ben Stiller, hilarity ensues. <laughs> Is that right? It is one of those things I've been working on. Three of his biggest um, things that roles that people remember is Dodgeball, where he played White Goodman, the Mm -hmm. bad guy, mustache in that one, Mm -hmm. and he's hilarious. The Disney movie Heavyweights, about kids at fat camp, this is literally... I've never even heard of that movie. Because it's an awful movie. But the only reason to watch it is for Ben Stiller, mustached up, and basically doing his dodgeball character, but 10 years earlier. Okay. And then uh, in Happy Gilmore, where he plays the small role of, like, the guy running the retirement home, and he's just, like... Can't remember. Working the old people in slavery. But he's got a mustache. Got some mustache. If you see a mustache, you're like, all right. And, of course, Starsky and Hutch, another underrated movie. He's got a mustache in that one, and it's probably the funniest scene in the entire you know, movie. You know what I was thinking about when you said Tropic Thunder? Because I, I know you love that movie. And so much. You know where I bet that came from? Do you know that in 1986, he actually auditioned for a part in Platoon? Did he really? And he met with Oliver Stone, so it was moving forward, and then it didn't happen. So maybe that was him always chasing that dream. Oh, I would have liked to have seen him in that. Also, he was considered for the role of Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know what? I would have liked that better. I mean, I would have liked anything better than what Johnny Depp did with it, because I was not... Yeah, we we were crapping on that movie a couple of weeks ago and just, oh, what a a disappointment. It just didn't work, but... He's also part of the frat pack. 
which is his oh, little Hollywood those, group. All those comedians. Jack, Jack Black, the both the Wilson brothers, Steve Carell, Will Ferrell, and Vince Vaughn are all considered the frat pack, and they're one Hi, of the. Vince Vaughn, I'm sorry, you're not funny. No, he's not. He's just, not very good at all. Not. But uh, his movies made money back in the time, so yeah, you know, we got that going for him. So far, actually, yeah, Ben's a surprisingly bankable star. Absolutely. His movies that he starred in have grossed about 2.6 billion dollars so far. So his movies average about 79 million per pop. That's insane. Yeah, think about that. Like, you just know, you get Ben still in a movie, $80 million. You know especially now, I, I definitely see him being less on screen and way more behind the camera. I think he's realized. I think he's really comfortable now. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to go ahead and it's easier work. Hey, and he really is friend of the show. He liked our tweets. Did he really? Yeah, when I tweeted about what a good job he did with Escape in oh, Danamora, he, he liked See, it. everybody, Ben Stiller, he loves it. He's a fan um, of the show. Spiller. Okay, that's great. So now our next... Uh, Hot boy here would be Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Wow. Uh, look, I can understand game when I see it. And Ethan Hawke in the 90s? He, he got game. You know about it. So, One of my fellow um, natives running around. Again, here. some of his big films that we know, Dead Poets Society. He did the Before Sunrise trilogy, which I love so much. Oh, such good movies. I love those movies. Gattaca. Underrated um, sci-fi flick. I definitely like. underrated. Waking Life is a great movie. Training Day was like such a big one for him. That was an awesome film. I feel like Ethan Hawke is underrated. Like people talk about him like he's such a terrible actor. He's only good because he's a pretty boy. And then as you're going through that filmography, like there's some serious even quality. The, even in, there. in the Purge, which is not, I don't really love that series, but he was good in the first film. Right. I mean, and that's he a, really brought them to life. I think with someone else, it could have died with one film. I mean, yeah, that movie doesn't get made without him, and now that's a whole juggernaut series. Like that's got TV shows and movies and Absolutely. books. Absolutely, it's a and whole big deal now. Then my love, Boyhood. Oh man, yeah, you are a which, big Boyhood fan. I mean. I mean, come on, it's filmed over 12 years with the same cast. I mean, I just feel like the idea of that was so groundbreaking that we literally see this kid grow up before our eyes on the screen. Yeah. I love it. I love that movie. And then his most recent um, big hit was that film First Reformed. Did you see that? I did not see that one. So he plays um, uh, a reverend. It's like in this small kind of Dutch reformed church in upstate New York. Um, and it was once a home of like the Underground Railroad, so it's a tourist attraction, yada yada. But this um, Amanda Seafried, is that her name? Yeah. She ends up kind of stopping in and she's pregnant and she's asking him to um, counsel her husband, who's a radical environmentalist. No, I just not the direction I expected that to go in. No, and then he ends up finding himself like plunged into his own tormented past and this just equally disparaging future. Huh. Really solid acting, Ethan. He does a really good job with this film. So if you haven't heard of it, haven't seen it, definitely grab I remember First getting, Reformed. I remember he got a lot of Oscar buzz last year on that one. Like he was one of those people that are like he might. He's one of the short list of people who might be picking up a nomination on this one. Yeah, so. it was like a really surprising. But that's just it. Like he can he can definitely surprise us. And even the most recent, the last before Sunrise um, trilogy. What was that one? Before Midnight. Yeah. I mean, he's dealing with a lot in that film. He does a really I mean, he's become a really, good, a really good actor at this point. Like, he started out, you know, a no-name pretty boy one, but now he's a serious actor. Like, you get a dramatic role and you put Ethan Hawke in there, people are like, okay, I can see that. Like, Absolutely. He's going to do good work with that. Especially for a kid who dropped um, out of college to do Dead Poets Society. It ended up working out for him. It did. Um, also, Library Lover, in November of 2010, he was honored as a library lion by the New York Public Library. Nice. Um, and joined their um, board of trustees. Really? 
Really? Yeah. It's our rival, the New it's, York Public Library. It's probably because he's the great nephew of Tennessee Williams. Is he really? Yeah, on his father's side. It's almost like all famous people are somehow related to somebody else famous. It's true. They're just a little club. We're never we're never going to be let in. And sadly for Ethan Hawke, I think the most suffering he has to do in his life is that he's perpetually mistaken to be Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Oh, man. What a fate worse than death that is. I, mean, I can see it, too. That's it happens thing. to him so often that now he just signs autographs as Mark McGrath. Why not? But he has talked to Mark McGrath about it, whose life exists of being confused for Ethan Hawke, and that he also signs autographs as Ethan Hawke. (laughs) It's so, like, it's so funny. We got a real uh, McDermott (laughs) Mulrooney situation going on with those two. Oh, God, you're obsessed with that. So, also, we don't need to worry about Ethan Hawke. No, don't worry about it. Reality Bites have done pretty well. Except, Except maybe we'll get into Janine Garofalo. What's going on with Janine Garofalo? <laughs> Literally nothing. That's, that's kind of the problem. But not totally true because looking at her IMDb, she's been working consistently. Sure. She's been in a bunch of stuff. It's just she's really has never been a star in anything since like the late 90s, early 2000s. She was a star in, do you remember The Truth About Cats and Dogs? I do remember that movie, actually. It was one of the ones on my list. I actually do not find that movie to be terrible. It's quite enjoyable um, for what it is. Can I just say I love that movie so much because I Dog was like. Dog on roller skates? Well, also, but I was like dark-haired, quirky not as cute human I felt and like my best friend at the time was this tall thin beautiful blonde who would get all the attention mm-hmm. so that film really resonated it's, with me on a very you, deep level I was like hit uh, you in the feels on that one it really really did you know so what, that'll always stand up you want to know what the thing with her is is her career is going to be defined by two roles I think she didn't get and that a lot of people don't know she was up for and they would have totally changed her life she was originally cast in the Renee Zellweger role in Jerry Maguire under the uh, oh. under the qualifier that she lose some weight. Well, she lost the weight, and then when she went to the producer to you know let him know that I lost it, they're like, "Oh, it took too long. We cast somebody else." And they put <sighs> Renee Zellweger in the role, and she kind of lost out on what would have been the biggest movie of her career and would have launched her into the stratosphere. Wow! And then she turned down the role of um, Gail Weathers in the Scream series, which eventually went to Courtney Cox. Whoa! You know what's weird about that? is that the role of Monica on Friends was originally written for Janine Garofalo. Yeah, so twice. Twice? She, she cut, um, didn't get the role. And that then, went to Courtney Cox. Oh, that must. And, that stings. And then, as if that's not bad enough, she also was offered the role of Marla Singer in Fight Club by David Fincher. No. But turned it down because she was, unco- as David Fincher said, she was uncomfortable with the sexual content in the movie. And so she was like, I don't want, I don't feel comfortable, so I don't want the role, which went to Helen Bottom Carter, which again oh, would Janine. have shot her into the street. So that's three times that those she could have been. Those were bad. Those are bad, bad choices. Yeah, those are huge movies that any one of them would have taken her to the next level. I mean, she's she appeared in more than 50 movies. But again, she, if you're like probably right now Googling, like, who is she again? It's, I mean, what you know, is she even they in? They haven't the, been big ones. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer is about the most relevant thing she has because they keep bringing that back. And even that's like, at best, a cult hit at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, poor Janine. Poor wow, Janine. Wow, I cannot believe all of those terrible decisions that yeah. she made. I mean, you know, it could be worse. She could be Steve Zahn. 
Oh. You're terrible. I mean, we don't really need to, I guess. <laughs> no, get, we don't. We do not need to get, get into, into him. him. But he did really well. He was a staple in the 90s. He did like Crimson Tide, That Thing You Do, Suburbia. Out of sight. Stuart Dawn. Little. You've got mail if you want to really fall back into a time capsule. And then I would say he really, he kind of disappeared. But for the past 15 years or so, it's probably because that dude lives in rural Kentucky. Well, yeah. He seriously, he owns and operates a farm. Well, I think he like married like a Jean daughter's like uh, mogul's daughter or something. Like he married somebody who's like super rich. Oh, really? He's got a lot of family money. I read that when I but was. But they're like, not living in a castle. They raise horses and goats. Well, yeah. on a farm. So leave Steve Zahn alone. Never. He, he I will was never in Planet leave. of the Apes, and you love it. I wore. Yeah, I did like him in Planet of the Apes, and then I also sat through three seasons of Treme, being like, "Why am I watching this terrible HBO show?" <laughs> yeah, I think that that didn't do so well. No, All right. Well, I think we we kind of ran out of time talking about our reality bites, people. I can't believe how impressive this cast has done and all the stuff they've done since then. This ended up being a much more influential movie than than just like a Gen X time capsule Absolutely. that people kind of look at it like it's it's th- gonna live on. So definitely check it. Like if you haven't seen it this and singles man they're just they're that like a long tail on them and you know people talk about singles more i feel like but if you look at it reality bites had a little bit more talent come out of there I mean, yeah you know there's not just a matt dillon showing up in this one hey man that's gen x i'll give some gen x facts then about how impressive we are after uh, you plug us up so everything that you hear on all booked up is going to be available at one of your local libraries we have 37 branches all over erie county stop on by say hi tell them hey I heard some books and movies on All Booked Up, and I want them, and they're going to wink at you and say, I know exactly what you're looking for. They're right over here. Also, we have a bookmobile that's going around, so go ahead and go to our website, www.buffalolib.org. Find out where that's going to be. Check your account, place requests, tell us what you want. People, it's the place you want to be. Wow. Follow us on Twitter, too. Don't forget to come to All Booked Up Pod. You can chat with me and Michelle in person through the internet. I'm going to post a picture of... Jacob trying to make his microphone work. Yeah, today. I was I was struggling. I couldn't figure out the lefty Lucy uh, right His eyes were too squinty. So, um, do you know that people from Generation X currently make 31% of the total U.S. income, even though they only comprise 25% of the population? No. All right. Well, they picked up that they fixed that slacker thing apparently. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'd say that they're totally killing it. They're killing it, even though they're known as the self-deprecating um, generation. Only 41% of them actually identify with the label Generation X because I think it got a lot of negative. Well, it's not cool enough. It's not cool to be late. Not cool enough to be labeled as Generation well, X. Well, 61% of millennials think that they're a special generation. I'm sure that they do think that they're <laughs> a special generation. They're, just... they're, they're special, all right. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and just don't forget, if you want to market to Generation X, you should not forget traditional media because 48% still listen to the radio, 62% still read newspapers, What's and 85% watch traditional television. What's a news traditional television? What is that? Is I that... know. I'm like, that That didn't work for me. I haven't had cable in a No, I, I actually turned on my traditional television, and I saw an episode of Supermarket Sweep, and I'm like, this is pretty <gasps> great, but I don't know how much I'm going to come back to this. I loved that show so I much. I wanted to come back so much. Like, I just want to say that at one point, my brother and I actually created a Supermarket Sweep uh, for parents to do in the house where we hit stuff e- and they had to run and not even mad it. about it because i was watching like the show is so fabulous i love it so much that's a great memory okay you guys thanks uh so much for listening hope this episode didn't bite oh huh? i see what you did there it was terrible all right you guys we will catch you next time bye